be able to share with you this morning. Uh, for those of you who are online, I think we have a few more online than we usually do. We're not going to say that you're wimps. We're just going to say that we're glad you're with us. We really are. Uh, now, before we jump into this morning's message, Pastor John, again, for junior highs, is in the back. How many of you in this church know Pastor John? How many love Pastor John? Who doesn't love Pastor John? Okay, so before we go into our message, we need to help Pastor John a little bit. You may have noticed over the, like, the last month and a half something a little different about Pastor John. There is something that's been growing on his upper lip. And with that, he is in this conundrum. Church family, he needs some help. He's trying to decide what to do with this mustache. Is it time for the mustache to go, or is it time for the mustache to say? So I need you to use your voice this morning. Simply... You can cheer for an affirmative, yes, mustache, let's keep that bad boy around, or no, that thing needs to go, okay? So we're going to start with the nose because I don't like negative things, and I want to get that out of the way, okay? So with, just with your voice, uh, who would say, Pastor John, no, that mustache needs to go? There was a rather effeminate tone to the voices that I heard there. All right. So I can't be biased, but I'm just going to say, men, I'm kind of relying on you to help cheer him on here. Uh, anybody who thinks that Pastor John should let that mustache continue to grow, that it is a treasure, yes for the mustache, with your voices, yes. Yeah! From my vantage point, John, it sounds like the mustache needs to stay. If you're online and you didn't get to express your voice this morning... Uh, it's Jonathan at EaglemontChurch.ca. Make sure your voice is heard, okay? Because there's a decision coming up here, and next week, if you don't make it known, it might be gone, and you never got a chance to say. So make your voice heard. Because all of us want to have our voices heard, right? It's, it's, of course, it's part of who we are if we're in relationship. So why would God be any different? Imagine if you went out for an afternoon, whether it's with uh, someone on a romantic date or maybe just a, a friend that you spent the entire afternoon with, five hours, you went out to eat, you went out and did some activities, did some shopping, and the entire time they did nothing but talk about themselves. Not once did they give any room for you to share what you thought, not once did they ask for your opinion. How would you feel about that relationship? Not really a relationship, is it? You know, when it comes to praxis, so many of us in our relationship with God, that's exactly what we do. The idea of God speaking to us is not really a regular part of our relationship with him. This morning, we're going to be talking about the, the topic of hearing God. Now, if we're going to hear God, we need to know, does God actually speak? This morning, I'm going to use these walkie-talkies as a bit of an illustration for us when it comes to hearing God. And the first thing we need to do is, if you're going to make a walkie-talkie work, you've got to turn it on. We need to become aware of the reality that God actually does speak to us. Throughout Scripture, we see countless examples of God speaking to his people. Whether it's Adam and Eve, right at the beginning of Genesis, who walked through the garden and spoke with God, or Moses who heard through a burning bush, Gideon, Samson, Elijah, Samuel, David, Jeremiah, Saul on the road to Damascus, obviously the disciples. God even spoke to a man named Balaam through a donkey. Now, some of you may go, well, God spoke maybe in the Bible in Old Testament times, but he doesn't really talk today like he did back then. Well, the writer of the book of Hebrews would actually argue with you in Hebrews 4, he says that God speaks even more clearly today than he did through the Old Testament. Communion. 
Relationship is core to the personhood of God. It is intimately a part of who God is. It's innately a part of his character. And it's his desire for us, his creation, to be in intimate relationship with him. You see, the full Christian life is about being in close relationship, communion with God, to know him. And the key to coming to know, intimately know God, is to hear him. Romans 10, 17 says this, faith or belief, assurance of who God is, comes by hearing. And hearing by the word, the spoken word of God. See, key, we need to know that God speaks. Secondly, if I can, as we go to our walkie-talkies this morning, uh, on this walkie-talkie, there is little numbers on the screen. What you have to do is you can have a walkie, two walkie-talkies that are turned on, but they have to get on the right channel, the right frequency, in order for one person to hear the other. We need to understand the frequency by which God speaks. How does God speak? I'm going to play a little game this morning, if you can participate with me, all right? I'm going to test your, your ears this morning. i got a couple little sound clips. We're going to, you keep score for yourself, but I want you to see if you can, in a quick little sound bite, figure out whose voice is speaking on the audio. Dave, are we good in the back? Okay, let's go with audio number one. Go for it. I am the Father. Luke, you can destroy the emperor. All right. You guys can hear that one? How many of you know who that is? Okay, who can, who can give me the name? Okay, who can give me the real name? James Earl Jones. Okay, I'll accept either, but James Earl Jones is the real point. The other is a point five. Okay, well done. Okay, next clip. Never worked in a place like this before. You're hilarious. And you get the best out of us. Um. Anybody? Who? Michael Scott is not. That's not. I'm not even getting point five. Last time I gave point five because you didn't know the rules, but this time you know the rules. Real names only. Real names only. Anybody? Steve Carell. All right, keep your own score. Next audio clip. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. Anybody? Martin Luther King. Next clip. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Well, all right, let's go. The irony of the, the sequence does, does get me right now. Uh, anybody, that voice. Mickey Mouse and Martin Luther King, really, they go together, like PB and J, right? Okay, I think we got one more, one more clip. That's not, what is this stuff on here? We're hockey night in Canada and we're talking about saving the world and all that stuff. Let's talk hockey. Anybody? Don Cherry, all right. How many of you got all of them right? Okay, well done. How many of you got more than four? More than four. Oh, sorry. Sorry, more than three, I should say. Sorry. More than three. Okay, well done. Now, the ones you didn't know are probably people that you hadn't heard, probably weren't familiar with. Why did you recognize the voices you knew? Because you've heard them, you've experienced them, you've been around them. We have to learn the frequency. You learn the cadence. You learn the, uh, the way someone speaks. It sounds recognizable to you, so you can pick it out. How does God speak exactly? Seven things that we're going to walk through really quickly this morning. 
Seven ways that I've seen where God speaks. First, God speaks through his word. This is the primary way God speaks to us. God's shared word written in the Bible so that we can come to know who he is and what his desire is for our lives. Now, maybe you're new to church or maybe you've been around for a while, but maybe you never realized this about the Bible. The Bible is not actually given so that we understand the code of ethics and we know the rules by which we're to live. That's actually not the purpose of the Bible. The purpose of the Bible is that we may come to know him. As uh, Pastor Marlowe said the other week in our unpacking of the book of John, what is the purpose? The purpose of the book is that we would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. The Bible is not simply an intellectual property to be studied and learned. If you have approached the Bible simply as a homework assignment, as a book to read, you are missing the point. Rather, it is a guide to relationship. It is a portal to personally experience and know God. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all scripture, the entirety of the Bible, is God-breathed or inspired of God. Key to hearing God through the Bible is what we call the illumination of the Spirit. That the Holy Spirit comes in us and makes God's Word alive in us. Because it's not simply an academic exercise. Getting to know God better is not simply going under a great scholar who can tell you what all the original Greek or Hebrew words mean in the Bible. That really doesn't matter. What does matter is that you personally hear the voice of God speak to you through God's Word. Back to that verse that we read at the top from Romans chapter 10, 17. That faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Now this word, word of God, oftentimes when we talk about the word of God, the Bible, that's the word logos in the Greek in the New Testament. The written word of God. But here in this verse when it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word That word is actually the Greek word rhema, which means God personally speaking a word to you. God speaking directly to you. Faith, the ability to come and to know God for who he is, comes not simply by reading, but by rather God speaking himself to you through his word. When we read God's word, Uh, when we read God's word, sorry, to, to hear from him, we approach the Bible differently. We approach it prayerfully, asking God to speak to us. God may bring to your life remembrance, maybe on your mind, of a verse that you've read in the past at a time where it's pivotal for you to know that truth. Perhaps there's something uh, that you've read one day and, or sometime previous, and the Holy Spirit will make those words come alive to you and apply them directly to what you are facing in your life. This is a rhema word, a word specifically brought to light just for you, specifically applied for you and your life. Now, it's important to note that any rhema word of God, God speaking through his Holy Spirit and making something specifically apply to you, is always going to line up with the truth of his logos, his written word. But God speaks, first of all, through his written word, God's word. Secondly, God speaks through creation. Romans 1.20 says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have clearly seen have clearly been seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. 
this saying is that God is seen, known, and experienced by the very creation that he's made. Think of a master craftsman. Part of who they are can oftentimes be put into the projects of which they make. That God's great creation shows who he is and speaks to us. Looking around, we can see God's fingerprints in creation and come to know him better through that. Some of you, with the proximity that we have to the Rockies, love to get out for mountain escapes. My wife is one of those people that just, God speaks to her in a different way when she's in creation, like the, driving through or walking through the mountains. It just speaks to her. You get that mountaintop view and you just see the vastness. It's, it's undeniable that someone put this all together, that God speaks to us through it. Myself, I grew up in BC, and I'm going to be honest, the mountains don't they're, they're not my jam. What does it for me? There is nothing better than driving down a flat prairie road with wheat on either side, but then skies to the point where you can't see the end of them. The old Saskatchewan land of the living skies, I love it. God speaks through his creation, whether it's through the macro, the greatness of his creation as we look through the stars, or the micro when we look at the small, most minute details of how God has intricately put together every living organism, everything that is, and the complexity of how he has done so. God speaks through creation. Now, some of you, you've heard about we, how we need to hear God's voice, and maybe you felt really frustrated and discouraged because oftentimes, when we talk about this in church, that means we'll sit in a quiet room in the dark and listen. It's kind of the way that we say that's how you hear God. But for you, you connect really with God through creation. Maybe you felt discouraged because you felt you've been led to believe that that's the only way God will speak is in quiet in a dark room. Some of you are wired just to connect to God so specifically through nature that you need to go out and you need to go for a walk. You need to get into creation and then just talk with God, share with him what's on your heart, and just listen to him. Just enjoy his creation as you walk around, and that's oftentimes how you'll connect with God. Number three, God speaks audibly. We see this on a few different occasions in scripture where God audibly speaks to people. Moses is an example of this in Exodus chapter three, when God comes in the form of a burning bush and speaks with an audible voice to Moses. Now, we always assume that James Earl Jones, that voice we heard before, is kind of how God's audible voice must sound. We never assume that it's like the guy from The Princess Bride, the cliffs of eternity. Like, can you imagine if that's the voice that spoke to you? But we have, we have these preconceived notions. I, most people, though, because that's oftentimes what we assume, because all of our relationships with other people, we hear with our audible voice. So we assume that's how God must most often speak. But actually, if you look at both biblical history, but also look at the lives of people who are, you know who are Christ followers, it is probably the way God speaks the least. Yet that's oftentimes what we're waiting for to hear. We've got to be on other frequencies. But God does speak through an audible voice. If you read through scripture, when God did speak through an audible voice like he did to Moses, it's oftentimes because he's asking someone to do something so crazy insane that they require that so that they have the faith to know to walk through it. Moses was asked to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He was asked to stand up to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world. But that is one way God speaks. He speaks audibly through a spoken voice. Fourth, God can speak through angels. We see this again multiple times through Scripture. Abraham, Joshua, Balaam, Gideon, Samson's parents, Isaiah, Daniel, Philip, Cornelius. We just finished uh, the, East, uh, the Christmas season where we see Mary again spoken to by an angel that God does use his messengers, angels, 
to be able to speak to people. Fifthly, God speaks through other people. This can be done through preaching and teaching, but also through prophecy. Now, when it comes to preaching and teaching in the New Testament, we see God use many preachers throughout the New Testament to speak and proclaim God's truth. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says this, when you receive the word of God, this is the Apostle Paul saying this, when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God. That God can put preachers and teachers in our lives that share his word and speak to us and, and can share God's word on his behalf. Prophecy is another way that other people can share God's truth or God's word with us. Prophecy is listed as one of the New Testament gifts of the Spirit. Now, some of you, that very word is making you cringe because you're really worried. Maybe you've experienced abuse in this in your past. Maybe it really creeps you out because you just don't understand this. In the Old Testament, we see that God spoke on, uh, had people speak on his behalf to warn and instruct That's because in the Old Testament, before the time of Christ, not everybody had a direct access to God to hear his voice. So he had people that would be his representatives. But in the New Testament, we now all have access to God through Jesus. And so New Testament prophecy, as I read it, I see slightly different than Old Testament prophecy. Rather, New Testament prophecy we see as a confirmation of what God has already been speaking to an individual. So let me give you an example. When I was in Bible college, I had a friend of mine who was called, who was feeling called to go to Bible college and call to ministry. And they were kind of wrestling with that, trying to figure that out. God, is this really you calling me to do that? But privately, secretly, they had been praying about that, feeling like God might be leading them that way. And then at at church service, they had someone who didn't really know them, but came to them and said, "I, I feel like God has a word for you. And he shared with him how he felt God was saying he was supposed to go to Bible college and he was being called to go into full time ministry. That wasn't a word that came out of the blue, but something God was already speaking to him, but confirmed for him and gave him the confidence and assurance to move forward in that line of thinking. God can speak through those around us who are followers of Jesus and share through them. Again, as a, as a note, when someone shares a prophetic word with you, it should confirm something that God either already has or will speak to you individually as well to confirm that. Sixth, a sixth way that God can speak to us is through dreams and visions. God spoke many times in Scripture through dreams and visions. Joseph is probably the most uh, famous, if you will, of the dreamers that we see through Scripture. Many times God spoke through him, and Joseph had the ability to even interpret other people's dreams. God in your life may give you images or pictures of what he is wanting you to do or is wanting to say to you. So in your time of prayer and and waiting on God and speaking with God and listening to God, if you ask God a good question, like, is there something in my life I need to confess? God, is there something that I need to ask forgiveness for, as an example? And as you ask that question, you wait, God brings to your mind the picture of someone in your life that you've hurt or offended. Maybe it's a situation that happened, that God may be speaking to you through that to show you what he is asking you to do. God speaks through dreams, and through visions. Finally, number seven, God speaks in our innermost being through what's called the still, small voice. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we see a character in the Old Testament by the name of Elijah, a guy who just did some amazing things on God's behalf. 
Now Elijah is asked to go up on a mountaintop, and it says in verse 11 and 12, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Sometimes we miss God because we aren't listening for him. We aren't on the right frequency. We're focused on wind, on fire, on earthquakes. We kind of try to make deals with God. All right, make this sign. God, if you really want, to, you want me to do this, well then... Get me that new job or that new car I always wanted. Or we, we kind of make these deals with God where we, we're asking him to speak in a way where he says, that's not how I'm going to speak to you. We're not listening for him. God oftentimes doesn't speak in the earthquake, the fire, or the powerful wind, but in a still, small voice. The still, small voice is hard to explain, but it is pivotal to seek in our relationship with God. The Holy Spirit can speak directly to our hearts. This is, an ex- this is experienced as an internal voice that warns and directs us. I know I've shared this before in years past, but my first experience of experiencing that still small voice of God was when I was 11 years old. I had received Jesus as my Savior, the forgiver of my sin, the leader of my life when I was a young boy. And I really believed that, but I'd never actually heard the voice of God really in my life. And I was 11 years old, and I went to a camp. And there was a speaker that was there and was talking about uh, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she invited any kids who wanted to come up to go for prayer. And being the super spiritual guy I was, I noticed that the girl I liked went up, so I went up. And they had groups of people that went over and they prayed for people and they're, they're praying really loud and people were just passionately praying over each person. So there's a group that came around me eventually and prayed for a long time and nothing happened. And a long time passed and I just waited there by myself. And I remember just saying to God along the lines of, God, I, if you're real, I really do want to experience you. I really want to hear you. And I was just there, just kind of standing for a I'd probably been there for probably 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and, and all of a sudden, I just felt this voice come, and it wasn't a voice that I heard with my ears. It wasn't something I made up with my mind, but it was like an internal voice that came right from the depths of my being. It was the voice of God. And he just said the same words over and over. I love you. I love you. And even now, like over 30 years later, as a grown man, I still have a hard time of not choking up every time I think about that because it is a changing point in my life. I was, a, I was not a big kid, but I was a tough kid. I, I did not show emotion. And I wept for two hours there because I knew God. And I knew what he thought of me. It was not simply a feeling. It was not simply a thought. But when we hear the still, small voice of God, we actually come to know God, and we know absolutely it is God.
That experience has held me for over 30 years. It's not the last time that I heard God speak, but that encounter has been powerful and pivotal in my life. I hope that you've had an experience like that, where you have undeniably come to know and hear the voice of God in your life. See, God can speak at any place and any time because he's always present, and he's present now. He's present here in this building. He's present for those who are watching on this live stream. He's present for those who are watching later on YouTube, and maybe it's a month from now or two years from now that God is present with you right now. However, oftentimes, he doesn't speak in the ways we expect or even the ways we ask him to. Oftentimes, he speaks with a still, small voice. If I was to take these walkie-talkies here and I was to hand one out, and my apologies for those who are watching online, I promise I'm coming back up. But I was to hand this out, and I was to give this to Chris because I know Chris is mature and he won't do anything inappropriate over this walkie-talkie. I only said that to remind him he can't do anything inappropriate right now over the walkie-talkie. But if I was to give him that walkie-talkie, See, here's the thing I find for most of us, and I don't want to project this on you, so maybe I won't say most of us. I'll just claim it as myself. Here's my struggle. I want God to hear me. So I've got myself on the right frequency. I've got my power turned on. I know that God speaks. And so I get in. God, can you hear me? God, I want you to speak. God, are you there? God, if you could speak to me now. Chris is really going to like the fact that he's kind of God in this illustration, I'm sure. God, can you speak? I'm waiting for you. Where are you, God? God, can you speak, please? I'm I'm waiting. Can you speak, please, God? God? God, why can't I hear you? God, where are you? God, why aren't you talking to me? God, I need you to give me direction. God, I don't know what to do. My marriage isn't doing great. God, I don't know what to do. I'm really concerned about my kids. God, I don't know what to do. My job seems like it's a dead end right now. God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to pay the bills tomorrow. You said that you were going to take care of us. God, where are you? God, what should I do? And maybe you're like me, and my proficiency and my tendency is to talk to God. Maybe you've gotten to that point of maturity in your life where we talk and we talk and we talk and we talk and our prayer time is littered with us telling God, asking God, telling God, asking God. But this thing doesn't work. God might be trying to talk to me like Chris is trying to talk to me now, but it doesn't work unless I let go of the button. I've got to provide a channel in my life that gives room for God to actually speak. I'm listening. I love you. Thanks, Chris. Because I have a little bit of wisdom, I'm now going to turn this walkie-talkie off before Chris does something else. In my family growing up, um, it's very different than my wife's family. And many of you probably have this experience of like when you get married, you learn a lot about yourself and your family. Uh, my family has this propensity when we get together for holidays, uh, especially my sister and my mom. I make fun of them a lot for this. But when we tell a story, um, if I think my story is better than your story, 
I don't wait for your story to finish. I just start talking louder than you're telling your story. And that just seems normal in our family. Any, anybody else have that, right? Like, so there's just people and you just talk over top. Like, I'm just getting a little louder so my story gets heard. My wife's family's not like that at all. One person talks and everybody listens. It's weird. <laughs> if we haven't been hearing the voice of God, the, the, the onus isn't on God to shout over our noise. Because here's the thing about God. As a, as a pastor I was mentored by, I always said, God's a gentleman, and he does not force himself upon you. God gave you the choice to choose and to know him, but you actually have the choice to make room in your life for him to speak. The onus isn't on God to speak louder. The onus is on me to learn to listen. And some of us need to have more listening skills built up. Psalms 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. Be still, which is the word rapa, which means to relax, withdraw. Be quiet, not just in externally, but internally. Be alone. Be still. I have a hard time with that. Maybe you do too. I like to be busy. If I'm not even physically moving, my mind's moving. Be still and know, this word know is yada, perceive, learn, distinguish, recognize, or know by experience. Be still. Make room for me. Be still and know. Experience firsthand that I am God. We need to make a space in our life. Find a place physically, but also we need to mentally make space and room in our life that's quiet and free from distraction and noise. Now, again, this could be, some of you, maybe you have a, a prayer area in your house. You have a space that's quiet that you can go to where you can find those times to just listen to God. For some of you, this may be that, like, you need to go and you regularly have your walk outside and you just connect with God as you walk, and you talk, and you listen, and maybe you, you, you sing songs, maybe you, you just spend time and look around nature, and you just wait on God. Maybe some of you, it's like me. My, my quiet space is I tend to, on Tuesday mornings, if you see me randomly driving somewhere on Tuesday morning, that's actually my prayer time. Every Tuesday morning, I go for a prayer drive because that's the one place I feel like I have complete control over my environment. And I love, I just drive around, I'll go through different back roads, and sometimes I stop and I just worship and I listen and I talk with God. It doesn't have to look like anybody else's experience. But you need to make room in your life where you can be still so that you can actually know and personally experience that he is God. You and I need to learn how to listen. We need to learn to attune to God's voice, to turn this on, to know that he is speaking, to not live life as if he is some distant object that actually isn't alive and present and dynamically wanting to be involved in our lives. We need to attune ourselves to how he speaks so we don't simply say, this is the one way you talk and you talk this or else you don't talk. We've got to tune to his channel and recognize there's different ways he speaks and probably unique ways that he's going to tend to speak to you. There might be certain ways that you find that he regularly speaks to you in. 
because that's the type of relationship he has with you. Just like I do unique things with people in my life that are different because of the unique relationships I have with them. And we need to take our hand off the button and we need to make room to listen to him. As Pastor Marlowe, I believe, mentioned earlier, we're going to be having uh, our Hearing God seminar that's going to be coming up. This is going to be starting on Tuesday, January 23rd. It's something that we've prayerfully and excitingly been talking about for a couple years now. I legitimately don't think there's anything more pivotal in your life than you learning how to personally experience and know the voice of God. Because God doesn't just want this to be a one-time event. It is actually a regular part of everyday life for a follower of Jesus. That God has been speaking to you every day of your life. Are you aware of that voice? Do you know how to hear his voice? Are you experiencing that regularly in your life? This is not a minor thing. It's actually pivotal. It's a major thing. And if for you, you go, I don't know, that's not really part of my life. God doesn't speak to me. He is speaking to you. And I really want to challenge and encourage you. This course is set specifically both to help teach biblically. It's not weird. It's biblically sound, grounded. Biblically about how God speaks, why he speaks, does he speak, and how we attune to hear his voice. And it's going to be focused on not just teaching, but it's going to be focused on praxis. I'm going to be really upfront with you. This course will have a high degree of involvement. It's six weeks on Tuesday nights, but it's also 30 minutes every day spent on actually practicing learning to hear the voice of God. But this isn't a guarantee. This isn't an infomercial, but it's something I feel so incredibly passionate about because I believe it will change your life, and I believe it through that, it changes our church. If you come to regularly hear the voice of God, you will not be the same. I know there's so much for you in it. So if you haven't, and you want to hear the voice of God regularly in your life, I really encourage you to sign up, to to commit yourself to this, to be a part of it. Don't kick over your tea, though. That's just me. To take that opportunity, because I do believe that God is inviting you and wanting you to. I'm going to close us in prayer, and then Pastor Marlowe is going to come and just close our time together this morning. He'll pray with me. God, I thank you that you invite us, and I thank you that you do care enough about us that you desire relationship. And I thank you that even now you are actively at work, that your Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to us. And so I want to pray for those today. God, I pray for those who maybe feel a condemnation that comes where they go, I'm not a real Christian. I don't know what he's talking about. God, that's not your spirit. Your spirit instead is actually one that draws us towards you rather than pushing us towards a condemnation that we are wrong. Rather, it's an invitation to come to know you more. And I pray that that would be the experience in hearts and minds today. God, give us the courage to say yes And give us the discipline to make room in our lives for you to actually speak and show up. Help us with our preconceived notions and beliefs that get in the way of how you are actually wanting to work. And I pray for those who sincerely say today, God, I want to hear you speak in my life. Holy Spirit, in your gentle whisper right now, make yourself known. 
May there be a peace that comes over them right now. That's not a normal thing. That's a Spirit of God thing. Give them a longing and a reaching within their own soul. God, where it's like you're sitting right next to them and they just want to curl up to you, want to get close to you. God, I pray for us individually and as a church, can we come more and more to know you. This church has always had in its DNA a passion to make you known. Such a great heritage in history. But God, can we have just as much passion to know you? It may be because we come to know you so well that that becomes even greater motivation to then make you known. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.